Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to To Helen Back. We are joined again by the amazing Jem Aaron, the organ-based personal trainer, compassionate ninja, um, just really a fantastic example of using the mind and the body in ways that encourage excellence, that um, that show how a life worth living is always something that's available, that's something that we can design, create for ourselves, and that with the right support, uh, that we can we can craft moment by moment, squat by squat, step by step. So uh, we are going to begin this this part two of this adventure with uh, a little visit to to Jem's gym, which. I won't say any more. You'll experience it for yourself. So here we go. Jim, right? I'm Jim. No, I'm stoked, man. Come on in. This isn't your typical gym. Nah, it's not. Hi, my name is Coach Jim, owner of the Lions Den Gym Fitness. We're in it right here. It's been over a decade I've been training clients. I'm very blessed with to be able to have clients from all around the world and in all kinds of different sports. You know, I have sometimes the feeling of when people come into my door and they tell me, Jem, I want to lose 60 pounds. I want to be able to run a marathon. And you tell yourself, look at this person, that I can't even walk a little bit. Something inside of me just tells me, you know what? I believe you. And my goal here is to be able to help anybody in any shape or any position. So sometimes younger um, coaches or trainers or clients ask me, hey, Jem, who is your most important client? Like, what do you mean with that important client? Well, who is your most uh, best client you have? It's the one I'm working with right now, okay? So this is how I look at my business and my life. Whoever is here for me to work with me on that time is who I will take care of. Think about this. You have a professional athlete, you're training, and they're doing great things, and the lady afterwards works at the bank or something, right? She got ready that morning. She's excited to see you. She got dressed up just like the other athlete, right? So my goal here is to be able to take care of that person one way. Good, breathe, breathe. There you go. Keep it rolling. Keep going. Relax up the top. Keep going. Three, two, and down. Let's go. Good. Control it on the way back. Good. Up. I'm gonna pull you resist. Let's see. Come on. There you go. Nice. Go. Hold. Good. Controlled. Good. Oh, there you go. Good. I like it. Let's do two more. Two more easy ones. Easy ones. Breathe. Give me long range of motion. Come on. Down, down, down. Breathe. Hold. And down. Nice work. Good. There you go. Now you come to the right hand. Ready? Perfect. Have that left hand up. Again. In. There you go. You're coming towards me. I'm swinging. And then you come over. That's the whole point. Again. Beautiful. One more. Perfect. I like that stuff. Again. Beautiful. One more. That's how we protect it. Nice work. Nice work, Mark. Good. 
Day one done. How you feeling? Feel good? good? Yeah. All the times when you get frustrated, but session by session you get better at it, and look at this time. Sometimes you get mad because you can't get it, and this time you did it way better. Nice work. Good work. Wow. 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 You know, what I really liked, and I liked a lot of things about that, Jim. Welcome back, by the way. Um, I really, I loved the way you talked to that man. It reminded me the way you would talk, that it would be no different if you were teaching a five-year-old boy to ride a bike. And you'd be having the same tone of voice. Hey, you're doing it. You're trying. You're pushing yourself. Look what you did today. Good job. How are you feeling? This whole thing, which it doesn't matter how old someone is. These are just human things. I just love them. I just love hearing that and realizing that. And, and, uh, and it gives me perspective on, you know, the degree to which I do that myself with my patients when I'm at my best. Is that, is that I like to come across with that attitude because there's something very motivating about it. it and there's something non-judgmental. There's something compassionate, but there's always something saying, you could keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. You can do this. We can do this together. So I just wonder if you, obviously you put this really cool video together to introduce your gym and, um, and the work you do in the lion's den. So I wonder if you want to say anything more about when you have a client coming in like that, uh, who clearly sometimes, I guess, gets angry or frustrated or worn out, and you're trying to encourage him. I believe that in the, no matter what it is you do in life, um, especially if you're going to be able to have that person coming in and you trying to, you're trying to help them with what they have going on, they have daily things that they probably at the moment are dealing with and that you, you don't, you're not supposed to try to fix those things. What my goal is, is to be able to make them realize that, hey, today we can work on this thing a little bit better, one thing at a time. And it shouldn't change because, like you said, if somebody walked through the door that has no, um, you know, that is not an important client, whatever that means to somebody, because when people look at me, they see like very high-end athletes or big-time business people. It doesn't matter. Like you said, you come through the door. This is my profession. I'm I'm excited to get you better. And hopefully with um, uh, dealing with taking out some negative things that are happening in your life, because if we right now, all three of us sit here, we can talk about the things that are you know, uh, negative and things that uh, bother us. So you're not supposed to get rid of those things. You want to control, you want to learn how to make your life better by um, not dealing with those, but be able to say, hey, there are good things in my life and my body and my mind and my spirits I have to work on. So uh, you got to, these people come through the door, your goal is to make them live better, whatever that is at that moment. That's important. You know, something that's so interesting that I'm I'm getting from this conversation uh, from last time and this time is that by focusing on strengths, by focusing on what 
someone's doing well, how they're showing up by really leaning into um, to the positivity, to the engagement, that those things are amplified. And, you know, I think by extension, when we're focusing on the things that aren't working, uh, the negativity, the struggle, that those things tend to be amplified. And what's, what I found in a lot of areas in my life and sometimes with the people that I work with that, you know, there's a bias and you mentioned this a little bit last time towards, you know, thinking that if we focus on the problem, somehow that's the better way by, by focusing on what's not working, that that's the strategic way to fix it. But it doesn't work that way at all from, from what you're putting forth. It's like, the, the tendency is to say, okay, these things are already working. We don't need to bother with those. Let's work on what's broken. Let's fix what's broken. But but your approach is totally different than that. And it's almost as if the things that are quote unquote broken or not working almost repair themselves by shining a light on the things that are that are working, that are good, that are uplifting. So I'm just curious if you've noticed that a tendency at all, maybe for people to to want to kind of hone in on their less effective tendencies or qualities, and and how that shifts over time when you're working with them. I mean, you, like you said, you hear all the time when somebody comes in here, they're like, "Oh, yeah, push-ups, I can't do them." And that for me, I didn't even ask you about push-ups I, or, or squats. My knees are shot. I cannot squat. Mm. Uh, the, like, why are we going there yet? I didn't even ask that from you. I don't even have it in my program. You already, your mind is not your friend. You're already thinking of the things you're not good at. Now, as a trainer, do you want me to fuel that? Why would I do that? You're here to get better. Let's do the things you like doing and you're good at. And mm. I throw those things that you're not good at a little bit in that session. When we zoomed out, an hour is done. They're like, man, I worked on my mobility. Yeah, with me sprinkling them in as we go versus your mobility is so horrible, uh, Mr. Charlie, that we're going to just right away when you walk in, drill you with it. And you go like, man, it was the session was okay. I mean, I worked on my crappy mobility. Let's focus on <laughs> and the it's things really good. <laughs> so, you know, like it's yeah. that's not a good approach, in my opinion, to be able to just feed, you know, the... Uh, the stuff you're not good at. I'm not saying don't work on it. That's not what I'm saying. I want to find ways when we're done with that session that those things were worked on without you realizing that. And I didn't put the flashlight, like you said, on it, the spotlight. Yeah. Right? You know, you know, it was like, I want to, I want you to continue getting better. When you leave the door, you feel like, man, I, I'm, I'm, I feel better. I don't want you to feel you worse and start thinking like, Man, you know what? I'm never going to get this mobility. Maybe I'll stop coming here. You know, right. like, you don't want to feed that. No, everyone leaves kind of a winner. Almost, you know, it's like you you create the conditions for people to feel like they executed successfully, no matter where they're starting, no matter what's going on. There are ways to both honor, I guess, in the dialectical terms, like both honor the reality of what is. You're not denying that those issues are there. You're including them, but because of the way you're structuring the language you use and, and you're maybe you're structuring the 
the session, the um, the sequencing of movements that you're doing, you're letting people feel like, oh, no, 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 I was successful there. I did that well. I can do this, which is then encouraging people to show up again and do more. And the byproduct of that is that they are winning, which is just, I think is a really interesting, just in terms of drawing analogies to therapy. I like the way you like put you that. Said, you know, <laughs> go ahead, Jeff. It's true. Like, you know, you said we're going through hell. And again, you, you never know how much it took that person. You know, when, again, it's been year 18, I'm doing this, I think, and you never know, even as a professional athlete, you, whatever it takes to come through that door that day and try to be present. So uh, I want to make sure that my part, no matter what you're going through, is going to be more positive and better. So when that day is done, at least you did get a good workout in, and it was nice to see you, Jim, and I, I felt better, you know, so... Why, why, if, instead of saying, you know what, he's already going through hell, so it doesn't really matter what I do. I don't think that way. And even if it was just a little bit, I gamble with that. Even if you go like, hey, I don't know if it's different. That's success for me. If he thinks, it was, I don't know if it was better. I'm okay with that. You know why? Because he didn't say, you made me worse today. So you know. I can take that. In my opinion, versus saying that you know, that's that I see it like that because most of it is like, man, I do feel better. It was amazing. It was awesome. But even if I would hear like, I, I don't know if I got because if you already think that way, you're already giving me a little bit light of maybe you didn't feel better. <laughs> you just didn't realize it, you know. You know, Jim. You in one of our recent podcasts, we talked with a woman who was really stunning, inspiring person herself. And she's a psychologist, but she she lost her child who was two years old, right? He died in the middle of the middle of the night, no no obvious reason, right? And when she was talking about like now, and also we talked to a person who had was dealing with breast cancer treatment, and both of them said a similar thing, which is similar to what you're saying, which is that you go through hell in the morning, you're going through a tough time in your life, and maybe you're with your children, the children you have now. And you're, you're suffering, you're miserable, and how important it is to be able to just honor your misery, to just say, I am miserable, I'm suffering, to maybe cry, to express that to somebody, and turn around in the afternoon and take your children to the zoo. And just look at all the wonderful animals and how much fun and look at the look at your children's faces and and feel happy that you can feel depressed and happy on the same day that sometimes people get caught in a bad circumstance in life and they think all they can do is feel bad, yeah. you know, or if they're if they feel happy, they're pretending they're not feeling bad, you can feel happy and you can suffer. And I think what you offer is a very clear direction of. Let's, if you can't do this today, let's do that. If you yeah. can't win in this area, let's win in that area. Let's do the stuff you can do, which is a real can do. I mean, it's a can do time. It's sort of like the, the lion's den is a can do operation. You know, it's what it's what a it's, skillfulness, Jim. I mean, it is a skillfulness, it is, Jim. It is a skillfulness, Jim. Like showing up with whatever you have and and finding ways that it's workable and not just workable, but also, you know, that it becomes a 
a metaphor or an invitation to other ways of meeting challenge, adversity, desire. It seems like what you give people is the the kind of felt sense, the embodied sense of persevering through discomfort, through challenge, and then like, you know, maybe not triumphing, but but being equal to that. And that's, I think, a very fulfilling and uplifting sensation. So when you have that sense memory in your body, you can reference that. Even if you're like in a confrontation with your boss or whatever, you can look back and be like, no, 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 I can, I can stand on my feet on the ground and keep my shoulders back and know that I'm not going to get knocked down. I'm assuming boxing. I'm really curious about boxing um, in particular. But first, wait, wait just oh, a second, Nicole, because you yes. just said a lot of powerful yes. stuff. I wonder if Jem wants to respond to that first and then sorry, my bad. before we go to the boxing. You know, um, I just I just trained my client today. Um, she lost her husband, and I've been training her for ten years. And I have clients who have um, they're going through cancer at the moment. You know, the courage she she loves this place so much, and what I can offer. And again, this is not just fitness related. Um, besides, like you said, you can't feel sad and happy at the same time. I've seen her smile. You know, trying to be like, hey, remember you used to do those um, those uh, hikes with your friends over the summer? Like, you're going to do it next year? I want to encourage her because she is going through a tough time and it's not going to leave her mind, right? But I, I don't want to feed that that is not going to leave her mind. It's okay. It's going to stay there. But if more of the good parts you put in there, I think that would help people to go through that day. And sometimes we all got to just get through that day. Unfortunately, that's not a uncommon thing. And it's not uncommon for me, you, all of us to feel sometimes I felt happy, but I felt uh, sad too. But let me focus on this happiness that day. Let me just say, I had this good moment. Go to bed with that thought. If there's two, if you can pick, pick it. Why do you have to go to the other part? And maybe tomorrow you get a little bit of higher version of that and then keep yourself lifting yourself up because you're not gonna go from the ground into like a standing position in boxing you get knocked down you go onto one knee you take a deep breath you might put your hands on your knees you don't just jump up one little thing at a time so that's important to like know for the listener that you know yes i do have bad i have bad i'm depressed i'm happy at the moment but when you leave that day and you go to bed Focus on that and then go to bed with that. Give that a try. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, without knowing it, Jim, without knowing the kind of work that, that we do, I mean, actually, Nicole is a life coach. So she does a lot of coaching from models that I actually might not know as much about. But we also both know about this model that I also do, uh, where we're teaching skills to help people regulate their emotions, depression, anxiety, suicidality, shame, fear, all that stuff is what we specialize in. And so, but what's so interesting about this conversation, I'm going to want to listen back to it, is that you're basically defining the attitude and the basic stances that somebody who's coaching people about negative emotions and positive emotions, it's the same stance that we want to have. It's There's nothing different here. It's, you know, we, you're, you're, you're running, you're, you're running a gym. We're dealing with people coming in yeah. about their negative emotions and it's, but it's all the same. 
atmosphere, the same attitude when you teach skills, when you teach skills. Would you, you agree, Nicole? And I don't know, I can't speak about the coaching work yeah, that you do. No, I mean, well, I mean, I use, I use dialectics, so it's, it's, there's a lot of similarities. Um, but I do think that a lot of what you're saying in terms of having those options, recognizing that, you know, that both positive and negative thoughts are always available um, and that that we have a choice. And if we're going to make that choice, it's not that we pretend or deny that there's something else going on, but that, you know, consciousness allows us to, to shift our attention more towards something else. And I actually think that embodied work, physicalized work, uh, which is something else that I do a lot with is, is much more powerful than just working with, you know, just talking and, um, and thinking because there's the, there's a way that we internalize information with our bodies that I think is just, it's bigger than what our cognitive capacities can really understand or describe. And, and so, you know, movement and integrating this kind of skill conversation into a workout, into training, I feel like it's probably the most powerful way to really, you know, it because it becomes part of your cellular memory. It really becomes part of who you are. Uh, and, and you take, you literally take a different posture over time. You hold yourself differently. Uh, and, and you, you have that kind of neuropathway of being with uncomfortable experiences and moving through them that you can reference that they're not just conceptual they're they're lived imprints mm -hmm. i i would agree that what all we do for example if it's even that's where you were going to sir like we all require that we start just a little bit as more i get to like hey tell me a little bit about this more come on open up you can't just go straight into a crazy workout you can't life coach somebody hey no stop move over here it has to be done with uh, with caring and be able to that same speed that worked last time won't work this today you need to each day find that speed uh okay this person is moving a little slower i want to find out why you know what i was up all day arguing with my wife that's a whole different person that day. I can't use the same systems yeah. I've done day before, right? So how do we amplify that by being present and be able to uh, read up to it? If we're not mentally there, how can I even read that uh, pattern? And I'm just like uh, going to do my work. It still gets semi-done, but it doesn't get done perfectly. And I think to be able to, if you're either on the uh, receiving end or giving end, like, you got to work together. Give me a little bit more. Come on, a little bit more movement. Oh my God, I'm feeling loose. A little bit more. Same in your field. Like, good, you're opening up. Tell me a little bit more. Now you're releasing all these things. And then it's your job to keep that momentum going. And I think that's what you were trying to say. Like, they're all similar in what you do. Yeah. I'm curious, like, when you're listening, you know, we talked about this a little before, but the way you watch people or work with people it seems like you're listening with your whole body you're kind of getting you're sensitive not just to what they're saying or how they're moving but to this combination of qualities that and you're using information from what you know of them from the last time you've trained them and you have you're kind of holding in your mind their 
their vision of where they want to go. So I know that this depends to some extent on the client, but I'm just really curious how you are taking in what's happening with a client when you're with them in a given moment and, you know, at the beginning of a session, for example. Again, so easy. Just be <laughs> right there. And uh, when when he moves, when he bends down the tie shoe and he goes, ah, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Everything okay? Uh, yeah, I think I'm a little tired from the game yesterday, but See, if you don't pay attention to that, he's not going to open it up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that person is not going to right away say, because I'm not really hurt yet. I'm just right. not feeling. So if you pay attention and you 100% say, this is what I do. This is my passion. Yeah. And a quick example of um, I'm watching the basketball player I'm training on TV and the camera is on him and he goes like this, puts his hand on his shoulder and holds his eyes. I text him after the game. I said, hey, what's up with your shoulder? He goes, nothing. I said, well, you touched it. And he goes, man, you pay attention to everything. Because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have a special skill. The skill is embedded in the person. Right. That, who you are. You just got to be able to focus. Exactly. Put the thing on it. So if you, if you mind is somewhere else, and I really, again, how, how is this person, if somebody says, well, he must be just better than me because he can't pay attention to us. No, that's not true. I got my own stuff going. I just, just like training with the discipline of getting up and the first half mile before you run, you go like, this is never going to happen. And when you warmed up, you feel like you could do this all day, you know? So same thing, pay attention to it. I tell myself, no, I'm not going to let myself be, uh, uh, well, I'm not going to just act like, you know what? I'm just want to get through this day and I don't care how he feels like I just want to, you know, get this done with. I don't allow that to myself. I don't want to open up that uh, door. I want to keep that door closed. So force, not force myself, but uh, talk to myself and be like, no, the person is coming and I'm going to see what's going on. And eyes don't lie. If you pay attention, you can see if somebody is, man, you've been through tough today. Come here, give me a hug. Take a deep breath. Let's start on the treadmill. Come on. Actually, you know what? Let's get in the ring. You want to punch something? Come on. Now they're letting things out and then they become this totally different person because the program you had set, I can throw it away. It's gone because I'm not training that person at the moment. That's adapting to the situations. Only way you can adapt, only way you can adapt is if you pay attention to the circumstance that's happening. Very simple in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I interrupted earlier, and when Nicole was starting to ask you about boxing, and so I, I'm interested in that too. Like, that seems different than other things that I've done, and except when I was, uh, when I was in seventh grade, I have a picture of myself as in a boxing ring, but I don't remember doing it. <laughs> Golden Gloves Boxing in Albany, Oregon. And um, so I wonder, if, Nicole, did you have a specific question about boxing you wanted to well, ask? Yeah, well, as we were just talking about mindset, I mean, because it's about it, it's a combat sport and it's relational. So we're really, you know, there is a vocabulary of kind of you and your opponent. So there's the inner opponent, wherever your mind wants to go to take you kind of out of the game. And then there's the actual opponent. And I'm I'm just really curious, like how you play with the the game of fighting um, and the unpredictability of the opponent. And I know that's true with all sports, but I feel like it's, you know, it's kind of heightened drama with boxing. 
to to get people agile, mentally agile and resilient so they're kind of prepared for whatever comes? I mean, let's take a step back. And you said like, you know, combat, sport, boxing. There's different things in boxing, obviously the sport of boxing and then training boxing, correct? Mm-hmm. Now, if you... Yeah, tell me more about that distinction though, because... Okay, I will tell you. The sport of boxing is two opponents going in the ring and they're going to use, instead of like aggression or strength, very, very detailed um, patterns to be able to outland, outsmart the opponent. It is way more than what you see of somebody getting it. Be able to land a clean shot on a top professional boxer, extremely hard. To land a clean shot without a setup punch is an insult to a boxer. So now you have this aspect of, uh, let's talk real boxing. You know somebody has more power than you and he is, uh, you know, like he hits harder than you, but you are smarter and you can outtake that from him by making him frustrated. Now it's like almost like a mind game where you go, I'm going to use this to beat him with that. And that happens in boxing every day where you're like, Man, I was the better puncher when Muhammad Ali fought uh, George Foreman. George Foreman couldn't sleep for a year because he got beat by somebody he thought he can just annihilate and just beat. Why? Because he beat two people who Ali had a hard time with. So anyway, he outsmarted it. So boxing in the aspect of how long it goes back in time and what it is, um, is way more than just getting punched in the face. Now... Let's talk about training. Give me another example. For example, we are in the ring. You have gloves on. I have mitts. And I'm making you throw combinations of a jab, a cross, moving your head. Tell me another thing where you can think of anything else at the, in your life. And you are in the moment with me, split second. I have a client who says that's when she feels so free in life and not anxiety when she boxes and i'm like wow that's it's just crazy right but he goes like she goes i feel free because my mind is on i'm thinking i'm sweating i'm throwing these combinations so Hmm. it is unbelievable to use that in my opinion that's Hmm. that's helpful Hmm. Hmm. so interesting Hmm. right think about it though Rock yeah, climbing. I mean, I experienced that kind of clarity. So like when you're just like, there's no space to kind of. No space. Just me out, and you. Like, get like, yeah. yeah, no, it's just happening. It's happening and it's moving. That's interesting. And you know, so, and watching boxing, you know, that, Jim, my, both, uh, you know, both Max and Ruben, my kids, uh, there's the lo- there was a local boxer who did training uh, here. It turns out he was almost blind but nobody knew he was almost blind because he was such a good trainer. He could be in the ring next to these kids and they would do a three minute round. And I remember watching, cause you know, both kids played hockey and they played other things and they worked hard, but oh my God, three minutes in the ring was incredible. It, it seemed like it took forever just watching them. And the amount of concentration, the amount of focus, uh, the amount of agility that was required it was it was quite stunning to watch that. I I don't think I've seen uh, other than I guess there's very few things I've seen that occupy you as intensely as boxing. Um, 
And, I, I and, would I, I would agree, and I'm going to catch on what you just said. He just said he was like blind, almost blind, but nobody knew. Right. Because he did, he did not focus on his blindness. You know what I mean? He can have uh, boxing. How can you even be a part of it if you can't even see? You know, if you can see a little bit, if you can feel, if you can hear the punches. He, he didn't could, use his, yes. He could say, apparently he had a little bit of blurry vision. Correct. It, That's what I but, mean. But that was good enough. Yeah. yeah. Because he didn't focus on that negativity that yeah. he doesn't have clear vision. Totally. He can be a better coach than anybody who can have full vision because he can feel because, are more you know, yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Jim, I want to ask you a different question that comes up. You know, I've known in, in our area, there are some gyms that if you go into a gym, it's all of these sort of muscle bound guys that are working out and maybe they're boxing and maybe they're lifting weights. And then you go in another gym that's specially for women, where it's like has a whole different flavor to it. And it's more, you know, people feel safe and they can go there and work out at whatever level. You seem to handle both in your gym. I mean, I, and I know from even going back to Phoenix days that you've worked a lot with women. And I just wonder if you could say something about any differences over the years that you have learned of, of, or is it just the same process? Or is there some different process when you're working with women about trying to get stronger or trying to meet their goals? So I actually train way more women through my whole life than I train men. The men seems to be like top athletes or like athletes in school. And um, right now I have a little bit more, but even my whole career, I had more uh, female clientele and the male were like, into performance, trying to enhance it. But there are people that use a personal trainer to get better than that. I never had as many as of them. I did have some, absolutely. But, um, you know, women are incredible. Like, you know, like, you mean, just having strong grandparents, uh, mentally, physically, a mom raised by a strong mom that I value um, what it means to be like a, uh, like a healthy strong woman that believes she can do things so i get this a lot when i come people come to my gym they're like mostly this setup you have will never be like oh this is for top athletes like we don't deal with like women as much you know and when a woman can come in and be like man i have all this available to me yeah. you know um women work mm. actually a little bit hard women work work harder than men 100 percent. they push harder unfortunately you know they they, they, they drive through their goals and it's, um, again, to have another place where a woman feels safe. She feels like she's getting stronger mentally, physically. And sometimes they got so much joy and tear in their eyes when they tell me something, how they got better at something, what they do, or like their bodies changed or whatever that is. It just gives me so much joy that I can provide that. And um, don't ask me how I even got into I didn't wake up and choose to say I'm going to train more women or men. I didn't choose to say I'm going to train athletes. I had this gift where I can make people uh, be opened up and help me make them get better. And that's how I took my journey. Like people go, how did you train? How did you even get into this? Like, sorry, listener, I don't have any, you know, I just stick to my craft that I, I can relate to people and I can make them listen to me and help them achieve what they're looking for. And that's what I, sky's the limit. I don't have a clientele that's uh, 
you know, uh, I'm really focused on this or this. I don't have that. I guess relatedly, or maybe not so relatedly, but, you know, I'm sure you've worked with people that have a hard time with their body image um, for whatever reason that, that are, you know, really just aggressive towards themselves and, and how they look. And when the, when there's hatred directed inward that way towards the body, and when you're the instrument that you're working with is the body, I'm really curious how you, when, when the default is to criticize, to look for the flaws, when that's really, really strong, and maybe it's even hard for people to tolerate positive feedback because the habit is just, you know, it's been reinforced for so, you know, so many years. How do you like, you know, you were, you've been talking about this gentle step-by-step going from where someone is to where they want to go. And I'm just really curious how you meet those kinds of individuals where they are in the moment and help them shift. So people who have very, very great looking bodies who compete, they have more, uh, they don't like themselves more than that. Does that make sense? Yes. As higher it goes, as less they go. Um, Two things I learned. Number one is the opposite person that looks at the person that is insecure and all they hear is this. If I had your body, man, I would do all these things, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't help that individual because all you're saying is, why are you not happy having this body? So what I'd like to know is, what else interest does this person have in Mm -hmm. life so I can put more light into that? Because why am I going to get into the body again and say, you know what? How can I make him happy? You need a little bit more shoulders. Let's find things. It's a losing fight. It's a losing fight. Don't even go that route because it doesn't. Let me find things that he has interest in. I don't know. uh, That's not related strictly to the body. And I can get a little bit of joy out of them when they feel that excitement. We talked about cars and engines and this. I'm like, you know, we're looking in the mirror. I'm like, bro, look at your shoulders. They're really looking like they pop. Like, And then he can be like, they actually are. So you got to bring them wow. in their mind to a spot yeah. where they're not. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I can't stick to that because I don't know if that, I don't know if that's the system I have, but I'm telling you when I do it, it works. So that's all. No, I can it's say. so interesting because I think that I found the same thing. The more, I mean, that it has very little objectively to do with a person's appearance ever, um, that, that sense of self-aggression. And so you're using that same approach of really focusing in on the underlying energy, the underlying mood of up, uplift, of joy, of motivation, of connection. And then you're exploiting that, not exploiting in a bad way, but you're really exploiting that as the the kind of ground on which you build the work. So it's actually, you're kind of shifting to a different paradigm altogether and you're building from a different place altogether. So you're almost bypassing that negative cycle and then you're able to kind of translate back onto the body from exactly that joyful place which is i think is fascinating hmm. really smart thank you and i really think that the, the core ingredients of this is you actually care about this person to make yeah. sure that you really want to if you don't have that i don't give a crap what you do on your open time i'm trying to train you and be like hey you look actually great i don't know what's your problem Yep. You know, and the person goes, yeah, you're right. But you never fix that feeling in his brain. Yep. He's going to still go home and have that. So now let's take a yep. step back, for example, to a, f- a fighter or a professional athlete. 
common things. Don't be afraid. You, you're better than him. You're stronger than him. Don't be afraid. You know when I go home and sleep, I am afraid. Of course. Right? So, hey, fear is amazing. You should have fear. Yeah. Now, fear gives you like, you know, like fear makes you get out of the road if there's a car coming. Right? Yeah. So use this fear in life. to, And then as a coach, be like, hey, now you have that fear. We're going to take it. But look at the, this is your fear in a, uh, you know, a glass half full. The things you did to prepare yourself is a full glass. Yeah. Now all you got to do is make him convinced that all the things you have the fear, you did a lot of things you know, you're training, you're preparing, you're eating, right. that you can overcome it. But you can't say, don't be afraid. That's right. That's, that's not going to work. Right. Reality acceptance. Amen. Yeah. 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 It's exactly right. It's exactly right. I work with a fair number of teenagers and uh, teenage girls that feel terrible about who they are and they're very self-critical. And so I was taught, I was working with one gem and, um, and we were trying to figure out how she could respond to the fact that a boy walked past her without saying hello. This was like the trauma of the day. A boy passed her at her locker and did not say hello. And she just carried that all day. She carried that the night. She carried that the next day. And so when we were trying to come up with what can you say to yourself instead of saying to yourself, I guess I'm not appealing. I guess I guess I'm Noah. I'm never going to have a cool boy or something like that. And, and I said, so let's write down everything you could say to yourself at that moment to get your mind out of that place. So the first thing she thought of, she said, well, I guess I could say to myself, um, well, it doesn't really matter. So I wrote that down. And then when she saw it, she said, no, that won't work. That won't work. I can't, that's, I can't just say it won't matter because it will matter. So we thought of other things, but it looked like you had something to say about that. I do. Uh, how about this? That boy didn't say hello because maybe at that moment he's going through something way deeper than saying hello. What is if you would say hello and brighten that person's day? Like, I mean, sometimes you looking at it at a different perspective maybe can help you better understand. Like, if I go to the store and this lady was upset at me, right? Right. Um, why are you mad? And not to get off the subject. Two, three days ago, I went to Whole Foods. I went to the salad bar to get me some food. I'm putting food in. There is a credit card right there on the counter where you put the food in. I finish my food. I take the card to bring it to the front. Um, I see a lady at the self-checkout going, like kind of looking frantic, looking at her stuff. She walks back outside, I think, to her car, comes back in. So I look at the name of the card, and I say, what's your name, ma'am? She tells me the name of the what's on the card. I said, I found your card. You know, it was over there. Here you go. And I don't think I put, I gave her the card and I said, like, you know, here you go. And she goes, don't touch me. And I was like, like, the no thank you or nothing. And, my, and I'm like, I'm getting upset about this. But then listen, I don't know what she's going through. You know what? I did my sure. good deed. If I found the card, I gave it to you. Yes, my brain wants to tell me, you know, oh, thank you so much for finding it. No, I did my part. I can't get upset of what her reaction is. She's maybe going through something way deeper. The reason she left the card is maybe a bad phone call came in. I don't know those things. So if that young girl focuses on like, why did he not say hi to me? Realizing that it could be deeper that he is maybe going through something that 
is way more deeper than saying hi. Maybe right. that helps you to say, you know what, it's not me. I don't know. Right. I just learned right, from right, that right. moment. Right. So, all right. Look, um, I, I realize we've gotten to five o'clock and that uh, East Coast time. I know it's you two o'clock for you. You are a compassion ninja, Jem. You're compassion you really ninja, Jem. It means we, a lot. It, it really has meant a lot to talk to you, and and for me, it's like the deepest conversation we've had of stuff that about what you do. I I love it. I love it. This could go on and on, but you know what? I'm, I look forward to seeing you next time I'm out in Portland, um, and and next time you come out to the East Coast, which you never come, but I'll see you. Oh, uh, maybe we would I'm see. I'm gonna you. make time. I make time All right. to come you up. Make time. All right. Time. All right. Yeah, Nicole going. has to go. So I have we're to keep talking. Stay there. But thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. I'll talk to you all soon. Thank, thank you. Bye, Nicole. Bye. Bye, Nicole. All right. So um so let's let's end now. I'm just talking to everybody. I hope that you've uh, I hope you got out of this what we got out of this. It's just sort of overlaps with so many other tools that we're trying to bring to people with this podcast. So Jim, this was like totally unique for us. You don't know how unique this was for us. And it's just so it was great. It was great. And uh, and I, I'm going to carry a lot of the things you said. I wrote things down all over a piece of paper here for my own sake. So thank you. Thank you. That means, that means so much to me to be able to, you know, in life, you learn through everybody. And if you don't do that, it's your own mistake. I always say people like, Thank you. I'm honored. I uh, learned different ways of you guys were saying something. So it, um, I'm appreciative of that moment. Thank you. All right. Well, this is great. So uh, I want to say goodbye to everybody that's listening. And, uh, you know, stay tuned. And if you have a way you can sort of send a message, one way you can send a message is actually anytime on my website, you can send me an email. Okay. So Adios, everybody. I hope you have a really good week. Uh, you're probably getting this the week of Thanksgiving. So have a good Thanksgiving if it's about that time. Okay. Goodbye. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you.